Welcome inside the team CBK locker room for our preview of the 2022-2023 English Football League season. Hello and welcome back into the team CBK locker room for an EFL preseason special. Can't believe the new season kicks off in just over 24 hours time from recording of this. And it'll probably be on the day that you're listening to this fantastic podcast. As was the case last year, I am joined by CBK's EFL aficionado. It's Mr. Matthew O'Regan. Hello, Matthew. Hello. Good to be back. It's fantastic. Thanks for joining me in here again. And uh, have you had a good summer? You've been travelling all over the world, I think. Yeah, it's been great. I'm still in Canada at the moment, but work wow. doesn't stop. <laughs> what a jet, le- jet set lifestyle you lead. And a silly question coming up, but are you looking forward to the big kickoff and the EFL returning? Yeah, it feels like Christmas Eve today. <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Well, it's going to get even better Christmas Eve because, as you well know, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome uh, a second guest into the uh, into the locker room and making his locker room debut. Someone who has been lurking in the shadows of, of CBK for some time now, but burst into the spotlight during the back end of last season um, with some outstanding picks in the goal scorer market, um, which uh, everyone sat and take notice. It is, of course, the one and only Mr. Ollie Nixon. Hello and welcome, Ollie. Good afternoon. Lovely to be here. Thanks for joining us. And uh, what do you think of this this awesome locker room? Uh, I've, I've, honestly, I've never, never sat, in, sat in anything quite like it, if I'm honest. <laughs> Absolutely right. And uh, Kaz has indeed given it a fresh lick of paint, so it's looking tip-top just for you. Ready for the new season? And again, the same silly question to you, but I have to ask it. Are you looking forward? Are you ready and waiting for the new EFL season about to start again? Absolutely cannot wait. It's uh, it's come around quick, guys, hasn't it? It's, it feels like it's been a short summer, but um, yeah, rowing to go. It is very short, very short, and shorter the better, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so anyway, right, um, you lads, um, obviously, I'm sure the vast majority of um, those people listening will already be following you on Twitter, but just in case they aren't, uh, Matthew, what's your your Twitter handle? Uh, it's Matthew underscore O'Regan. And how you spell in the Regan part, just for those that don't know? Uh, it's O-R-E-G-A-N. Nearly forgot myself there. So you did well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you forgot how to spell it. That's cool. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And uh, Ollie, how about yours? Very nice um, very nice Twitter page you've got, by the way. I do follow you and uh, it looks looks very good. Oh, thanks very much. Um, so it's at Ollie Nixon. Uh, Ollie is O-L-I. Or if you just search Ollie Nixon football betting, it should come up for you. Superb, yes. And of course, Team CBK at CBK Team. So get following those Twitter handles and you will not go far wrong in your betting needs. So talking of which, absolutely fantastic work. Um, uh, you guys have obviously been working on your, your 1 to 24s in the EFL, published on the CBK website now. So people can have a look through those at leisure and read through your thoughts. Um, you obviously worked together on, on League Two, didn't you? So you, you kind of put that um, each each other's kind of biases aside and and, and come up with a, a one to 24 combined. So that was good, but made for great reading. So well done on that. 
we will recap that in a moment. And of course, um, just published, you, um, you you did League One solo, Matthew. Yeah, I decided to bin Ben off. <laughs> too, too many disagreements on the league too. So. There you go. And artistic <laughs> so, differences. <laughs> well, right, that lasted well. Well, I'm glad we're getting the band back together for more disagreements as we go through your championship <laughs> one to twenty-four in um, in podcast form for those who don't want to or can't read. So excellent. But what we're going to do um, for those people and for everyone else, of course, is just to recap very briefly your League Two and your League One. And by recap, we're just going to go for those that you think are doomed to relegation, those that um, are going to be uh, having excitement at the end of season playoffs, and of course, those that are going to walk the league and um, get automatic promotion. So, um, Let's go with League Two. And who's going to start off with uh, uh, opening themselves up for horrific criticism? From I, guess, uh, I guess that probably falls to me, seeing as I've had to do the reviews for them. Um, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll nail the colours to the mask on this one. Um, League Two is an interesting one because for years, there's always been teams down there that pretty much have got that, those spaces sewn up in the sense that we've got basket case clubs that have financial issues um, and you, you can pretty much tell who's going to be there. Um, this year is much nicer in that sense. Um, pleased to say that there's not any teams that look in that sort of trouble, which makes it a bit tougher um, to decide who those clubs are going to be. Looking at the squads, um, we plumped for two sides down there um, and I apologise to those fans wholeheartedly and please remember, <laughs> there's still a transfer window to come. So, you know, this, this may all change, but we can only draft the squads we've got in front of us. Um, so we've got in 24th place, we've got Colchester. Um, real concerns over their goal scoring. Goal. They've only got scored 24 goals from open play last season. Um, they've plumped for Sears, Akindi and Nubel at front again, um, which I'm not sure is really the depth um, that's going to get them the goals they need in League Two. There's a massive lack of investment from the chairman um, and they've lost Brandon Wido as well from central midfield. Um, Harrogate we've gone for in 23rd. Just think there's a bit of a lack of squad quality there um, and they've recruited pretty poorly as well. Um, not many names that will strike fear into League Two sides. Joe Matip's experience, but I'm not sure it's going, to, it's going to really make a huge difference to what is a really poor defensive record. Um, they only conceded more, less goals than the two relegated sides from away from play last season and their form towards the back end of the season, they won just three of their last 13 games. So I think there's some concerns there. Um, they're the two sides we've plumped for to go down. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, um, yeah so I think you, you've made some absolutely perfect spot on valid points there. And uh, I've got similar thought processes myself. Uh, so excellent stuff. Right. Let's let's get away from that. Let's move up the table. And of course, not, not only do you pick out fantastically, ludicrously high priced goal scorer selections, you are also to give people an insight, a fan of a League Two club. I was going to say languishing in League Two, but but I don't want to say that this season for obvious reasons. But so you are, you have got very strong and in-depth knowledge of League Two, having kind of been in, in it week in, week out. So who who have you got making those those fantastic end of season playoffs? Um, so we've got um, in seventh place, we've got Swindon. I won't talk through it too, through it in too much detail because there's four sides. We've got in seventh, yeah. we've got Swindon. Sixth, we've got Salford. In fifth, we've got Tranmere Rovers. Um, and in fourth, we've got Northampton. So those four sides to make up, make up the playoffs for us. Excellent stuff. All good, all good. And who have you got who's going to have about a 94% win ratio 
uh, in the second half of the season before going to the final game of the season and winning about 23-0 to sneak into third place on goal difference. <laughs> League 2 does have a knack of going down to the last playoff, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, so we've got, in third place, we've got Mansfield. I think it's finally time for Clough to, to get them up and finally reach yeah. their potential. Solid. Um, we've gone for another underachieving club uh, with all fingers crossed in second place in Bradford. And then top of the table, we've gone for newcomers Stockport County. Back to back, back to back Stockport. Back to back indeed. Excellent stuff. Nigel Clough and Mark Hughes there t- leading their sides from League Two into League One, according to you, you lads. Made a, made a decent strike force about 20 years ago, that. But um, <laughs> there you go. Made a, made a good management pairing if that prediction comes true this season. So, excellent. That's League Two capped off nicely. Um, Matthew, I, I suppose you're going to lead us on to League One. So, um, talk us through the relegation strife. Yeah, this was impossible to call it. Like before I wrote the article, I said I think the top five in a league of their own, and then sixth to ninth in the league of their own, and then tenth to twelfth, and then anyone from there can get relegated. Thirteenth below, so it was tough to pick a bottom four. But I went with Burton in twenty fourth. I think Hasselbank, he just doesn't inspire me at the moment. Twenty third, I went Cheltenham mainly because of the departure of Duff. Massive, isn't um, it? 22nd, yeah, I went Forest Green again, lost Wilson, Cadden, Adams, and Edwards. And, and that, yeah, that striker, yeah, that striker, striker. What's, his, what's his name? Who, who he, he did quite well last season, didn't he? And uh, the and then best he in the up world. Mm. <laughs> For those of you not knowing why I was being a little bit um, facetious there, uh, did, backstory to that, the Matt Stevens story, Matthew, do you want to just quickly, or do you want to completely rip, like try and forget about that? Uh, that to last season I had many sleepless nights over it <laughs> but uh, beginning of last season I found Stevens top scorer for 150 to 1 thought it was a big price for someone I thought would start up front for the team I predicted to win the league and they did so um, yeah. and then I, I also found about 500 to 1 Forest Green to win the league and Stevens top scorer Forest Green won the league Stevens was one short because he did his ATL with 8 games to go uh, the tears are only just drying up across across many many people. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I digressed. I, I interrupted then. And who you, who else have you got there? The last go, lastly going down. I had Morecambe because okay. again, not a big fan of the squad. No. So you're thinking um, Mr. Adams is is not going to work his magic there? No, not this, this time, time round. No. Okay. Right. And in into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, in six, a pick. I wasn't. Writing it down, I wasn't too keen on having them players, but I thought can't ignore them. I had uh, Derby in sixth. Yeah. And then in, I'm trying to remember now, in in fifth. Oh, my, 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 oh yeah, fifth I had MK Don, sorry, despite losing Twine and Darling. I really like their team. Yeah. Uh, fourth well, I had never, Peterborough, because. Yeah. Pardon? No, go on, son. Uh, fourth, I had Peterborough, because still kept Clark Harris, got really good attack yeah. and talent, looked good towards end of season with McCann. And yeah. your favourite team in third, who let me down last year from when I treble, I have Ipswich. In the words of Jose Mourinho, I say nothing. <laughs> mainly because I do like their team, but mainly I think I'm just biased because last season I had them, <laughs> Fulham and... Them, Fulham and um, 
what do you call it, Forest Green in a treble at like ridiculous mm. odds would have won me like yeah. Over I tried to warn you about you know less than a fiver. Uh, <laughs> cost me, cost me okay. big. Enough of them. Let's talk about the automatic promotion places. Who you got going up into the championship? This may be a surprise for people in second because I haven't seen many talk about them being near the autos, but I've got Bolton. Cause That's a good shout. Goals from everywhere. They've got Bodvarsson, Charles, Bakayoko, like so many other players that can get goals, solid defence, stacked in every position. So, yeah, I can't look past them finishing second. Yeah, ended the season exceptionally well last season, and I think a lot of people are looking at Charles to see what he can do this campaign. A lot of, lot of hopes for him bursting uh, onto the scene and doing very, very well. And and the league winners of League One? Sheffield Wednesday. I just can't look past their team. Players like Gregory, Bannon, Windass from last season. Added players like Smith, Volks, yeah, Hennigan, Famoro. They just look stacked everywhere. Yeah, absolutely right. I think uh, they are favourites. They're favourites for a reason. And um, they have a very, very solid side that they've kind of kept. And then they've added two key players from last season's promoted side, Rotherham, haven't they? So uh, if playing to their potential and, and kind of getting off the start, we'd expect, then they will take some beating. So, yeah, we'll definitely not argue with that one. That's uh, fantastic. Cool. And that would take them up into the championship. And talking of the championship, of course, here we go. This is the main feature for today's podcast. This is what we're looking at. We're going to run through um, the 1 to 24, but we're obviously going to run it through it 24 to 1. So um, you're going to take a, a team each at a time. Is that how you're going to work this? Uh, sometimes we have a couple in a row. But... Okay. All right. Well, I'll run through them. So obviously you, you have sent me through your 1 to 24. I have got that in front of me. So I'll, I'll read out the team that you've got and then whichever one of you is then take it on the, um, the, the extra detail. You speak up. Here we go. Right. So rock bottom finishing last. And uh, I've got a feeling that fan base is not going to be overly pleased with this. In 24th place, you have Reading. We have. Now, I think I think this is an interesting one because I just I think that Royals fans from everything I've read seem to think that they've had a fantastic summer and that people who have got them in the relegation zone can't see what's going on. Um, and looking at it from a squad perspective, looking at it from the data from last year, I just... I, I can't buy into that view at all. Um, Reading were the fourth worst side in the league last year. They've got a significantly weaker squad this year. And if you take the point deductions out from both themselves and Derby last season, they would have gone down. So not, they weren't in a great position when they started the summer. If we look at the positives, they scored a decent amount of goals last season. They had the 15th highest goal tally, but they've lost John Swift from that, who did contribute to 44% of those goals and was definitely their best player. So that, that, that's a significant amount of goals to take out of the squad. They also do have quality up front. Lucas Shaw is obviously a fantastic striker. The championship clubs would love to have him. They've managed to keep hold of him. Yaku Meite is a good player at the level as well. But beyond that, there's not a great amount of goals in that squad. So really taking Swift out, I think, is a major concern. If we then look at the other losses they've had, Josh Laurent has moved on. Andy Remote has gone from midfield. They are hugely light in numbers in the middle of the pitch. And it's something that Ince highlighted himself in an interview the other week, saying that they are really struggling for numbers in the middle of the park. The, probably the two biggest concerns for me, beyond those two, the first thing is their defensive record is horrendous. They can see 87 goals last season, which was the joint worst in the league. 55 of those are from open play and 21 are from set pieces. Now, I don't really see 
when you look at their recruits and the fact they've not bought a single defender in the summer, I don't know what I don't know where they're expecting that to improve. And there's clearly major, major issues there. Um, the other huge concern I do have, and I know it's one that people share, is that having Paul Lintz in the hot seat, I'm not sure is the greatest mind to have masterminding an escape route um, and to try and go for safety. His last job was in 2014. So he's been out of the game for the best part of eight years. Um, he's never really been highly rated. He did have a good spell at MK Dons, a couple of good spells, in fact. But we're talking 12 years ago. And every time you hear the guy speak, it's very much he talks about football in terms of when he was playing and when he was managing. And the game's moved on. And so I just think with a sign that is still under a transfer embargo, which could, there could be more deductions on the way, and you know, it's a big old mess there. When you factor that in with a squad, I can't see anything but relegation for the side. If, if, you go, if you then go into transfers, again, I've had a Royals fan on Twitter tell me that they, they, they've done some really good business over the summer, and I, I just I can't see it. They've, signed, they, they, they've bought that Shane Lung, which I know, I know Reading fans love. But he's 35 years old now. Last time he scored more than five goals was 2016. So again, is that going to fire you to safety? Um, Sam Hutchinson was a good player in the league below for Sheffield Wednesday, but again, you know, he's, he's not top, he's not sort of mid-table quality of the championship. Joe Lumley, if you speak to any QPR fans or Middlesbrough fans, um, is a walking error in goal, um, and it just seems that like he's had all, all his confidence sapped away. And really, the only real positive I see is they've signed Jeff Hendrick, who is a good signing, don't get me wrong. But when you think of what they've lost in John Swift, Hendrick's not a creative midfielder who's going to suddenly bring about the 20 or so assists that Swift suddenly brings. So for me, they're comfortably the worst squad in the league. Um, I can't see it getting better. Um, and sorry, Royals fans, but you're down. <laughs> uh, well, you've sold that extremely well. Yeah, I, I don't think we can argue with that on, on that. Um, yeah, on, on that piece of information. So yeah, Red in 24th place. Uh, 23rd, you've gone for Birmingham. Yeah, I just think, obviously, um, Bowyer leaving was a bit, came out a bit of the blue. Um, yeah, they've just got problems off the pitch. Vans unhappy, it's a bit of a toxic place, quite a bad ownership. I've, again, signings are flat to deceive. The only one that really stands out to me is Dion Sanderson. He's looked very good everywhere he's been. Uh, I do really rate the manager. He hasn't had a managerial gig yet, but the things I've heard... He was a top priority for Watford in Swansea, so I've, and they they both have a track record of doing well. Not so much Watford recently, but Swansea always have a good record for spotting a good manager. But yeah, I just think the task is too big on his hands. That first managerial gig dealing with this mess, they got players on big wages who I don't think contribute enough to justify the wages. For example, like Troy Deeney, and they're. But just not a fan of the squad, really. Positives, though, Jordan James and Bellingham, both top young players, have signed new contracts, so they'll be in and around the first team. But, yeah, don't see enough quality in the Birmingham team. And with the off-the-field issues, I'll have to have them in 23rd. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's right. They've, they've been flirting with relegation for for a few years now, so um, it would not be a surprise. So certainly, given everything, well, both on and off the pitch, uh, would lead to the fact that they finally do drop down to League One. And the final team in the relegation zone, who have we got there? We have got Rotherham. The yes, I've gone. Yeah, the, the, the first of the promoted uh, teams from League One, so we've only got one dropping back down. And I, I want to yeah. caveat this by saying I really wanted 
to not put Rotherham in the relegation zone yet again. Same. Like, they're the pretenders to Norwich's yo-yo crown. It's the third time in six whoa, years. Whoa, whoa, easy. There's no need to bring that in at this stage. <laughs> it's, it's the third time in six years they've been promoted. Um, and yet again, we're predicting that they're going to go up and go straight back down again. Um, mm. I mean, the biggest concern is they've lost their two best players. So I'm not really sure that's conducive to survival in a league that you've struggled to survive in on previous seasons. Michael Smith up front had 19 goals and six assists last season. Um, and Michael Hickway at the back was their highest rated player on whoscored.com. And he also chipped in with six goals as well. So it's probably a bit indicative of where Rotherham are at at the moment that their two best players have opted for, rather than another struggle in the championship, they've gone back down into League One to go and join Sheffield Wednesday, who Matt has already mentioned, we expect to be up at the top again. So it feels like this Rotherham squad is just very much there. They're always up there. But once they get up into the championship, they struggle to make that transition into, into getting a squad good enough to be there. Um, in terms of where, what, what they did well last season, um, I would say their best chance of staying up in this league is their defence. Um, they only conceded 33 goals last season, which actually is five less than any other team in the entire football league. Um, so they've clearly got a good, solid defence space there. How that holds up without a Hickway will remain to be seen. Um, they're strong from set pieces. They scored 23 goals from those last season. Obviously, a Hickway contributed to that. But they, again, they've got a, a strong base there. Um, but my concerns are on the goal-scoring front. Um, they only had the eighth best goal-scoring record in the league last season, which isn't shocking for a team to come up. But the concern for me is that they only scored 38 from open play. And that's that was the 13th best in League One. And you look at their side now and you think, well... Are against much better defences, I can't see anything but them struggling to score goals there. Um, in the in the in the dugout, Paul Warren's experienced obviously with them, but he's had he's had he's had a go at solving the safety puzzle with them before. So I can't really see how it's going to be different this time with a weaker squad. Um, transfers wise, they've bought in Tom Eaves and Connor Washington up front. Neither of those are names that hugely fill me with confidence at championship level. They're both. They've got okay records at League One, but I'm not sure that there have been other clubs in the Championship who would have looked at those names and bought them in. Um, and if you look beyond that, in their signings, Grant Hall was the only one that's really got any Championship experience. So a squad that's lacking in experience in the Championship, best two players gone. They've not managed to stay out before. I'm really, really sorry, Rotherham fans, but I can't see it. I think everyone's in the same boat with, with you there, to be honest, that they kind of want Rotherham to, to make that step up. But um, it does look probably harder this season than it has done the last couple of times for the reasons you've outlined. So, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, yeah, it looks like being a very tough season for the Millers. But we will see. Um, so that's your bottom three. Reading, Birmingham, Rotherham. Who have you got just surviving? 21st, you've gone for Blackpool. Yeah, after seeing them last season, I thought I'd have them a lot higher this year. But obviously, Critchley, who I think is one of the best managers outside the Prem, has I don't know, if, I don't know, if, I'd say weirdly, but gone gone to become assistant manager at Villa. I think maybe at the hope Gerard gets sacked. <laughs> but who knows? I'd suggest to say that probably the assistant manager at Villa is is more than what a, a, an assistant manager would be at most other clubs in the Premier League. I think it's a, a lot more hands-on 
um, yeah. than, it, than it would be in, say, most of those other clubs. So it's it's kind of a, yeah, a bit of a different role. Um, although you'd still suggest it looks on paper to be a backward step, of course, going from a, a the hot seat of a, a championship side to a, a, a officially assistant manager in, in the Premier League. But um, yeah, we'll see how that one pans out. But it's a big loss, as you say, for Black. Yeah, and they've played some Vapleton, who, again, a good manager, didn't have the best of seasons with Lincoln last year, but I trust them to do well this year. They're, they're a team full of attacking talent. Like Josh Bowler is a fan, player I'm a big fan of, who have a lot of teams coming in for him. Jerry Yates only scored five last year, but had 20 in a season in League One the season before. Uh, Keshi Anderson, I like direct player, likes to run. I'm also a big fan of Shane Lavery, and he got eight goals in his debut championship season. I think he'll push on because his goal record before he joined Blackpool was really good. Uh, in midfield, Assigned Fiorni from City, compliment that Dugo in midfield. And I woke up this morning to see they've had a bid accepted for Cameron Brannigan from Oxford, who I really rate and got 11 yeah. goals last season. So, yeah, they've just got uh, a team all over that look quite solid, really. And right. with Appleton, yeah, I think they've got every chance of just surviving. Yeah. And uh, they brought uh, Reese Williams in as well, haven't they, from Liverpool on loan? So that'll yeah. be an interesting one. So, yeah, okay, yeah. Do, do you know what? I think Blackpool will probably sign for that right now. Um, surviving uh, consolidation year with with those big changes. So, uh, yeah, they'll they'll take that. I'm sure. Twentieth, um, uh, one of the other newly promoted sides, in fact, last season's champions of League One, uh, Wigan Athletic. Yeah, it's a, a real contrast when we talk about Wigan compared to Rotherham. Um, so obviously they were League One champions, um, but whereas Rotherham have regressed a little bit in terms of their squad quality, um, Wigan have very much stayed on a flat line. Um, they've kind of stuck to what they know. They've got real continuity in their squad. They've only had two new signings and only two departures, which sort of suggests that Liam Richardson's got a real trust in those players. Um, so they've clearly got a system that's working for them. They're backing those players to keep them in the league um, and looking at the squad and, and the, the data, I, I think they will do. Um, they were the second top goal scorers in, in League One last season with 82 goals. Um, 25 of those were from set pieces. So those of you who are goal scorer betting fans... Um, definitely keep an eye out on Tom Naylor, Curtis Tilt and Jack Watmore um, in the goal scorer markets. They got seven between them last season. Um, it's clearly an area they look to exploit. Um, they also, though, as well as being good goal scorers, they had the joint second best defensive record in League One. Um, they only conceded 44 goals. So they're just a solid side. Um, they're not, you know, they're, 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 I don't think they're going to tear up any trees in the championship, but they're not going to go to places and get thrashed. They're not going to go to get like, to places and get turned over easily. I just think that they'll be more than solid enough to be 20th, but also be quite sort of clear and comfortable of that relegation zone. Um, they kept hold of the goal threat. Somehow these players have gone on the right under the radar. Mm. Um, people haven't seemed to come in for Will Keane, who got 26 goals last season, or Callum Lane, who got 15. Um, so as long as they stay there, the goal should be there. And I just think there's a lot to like in this Wigan side. And yes, it's a step up in quality, but I'm confident they've got enough to stay up. Good stuff. Yeah, very solid last <coughs> season. And um, so I think that solidity will serve them well this season. Yeah, in 20th place, Wigan Athletic. Oh, and a big call in 19th. So last season's Wembley finalists in the playoffs, Huddersfield Town from third all the way down to 19th. Yeah, this is a difficult one um, because it's never nice predicting a team to have such a huge drop-off. Um, obviously, like you say, third in the playoff final last season. I don't, I don't think it's being disrespectful to say that their squad on paper 
Corbran overachieved getting them to that position last season. They were fantastic. They played very, very well. But I don't think anybody, even the most ardent of Huddersfield fans at the start of the season, could have genuinely predicted a playoff position finishing off. Um, I think I think there was many shrewder judge. You had them had them probably going out of the league the other way, didn't they, last season? I think there were many people's expectations to to, to get relegated. So, uh, yeah, a huge, huge overachievement. And uh, last season, some of the runs they put together last season were incredible, weren't they? So, uh, yeah. They were. Um, and really, a lot of that came down to the quality of Carlos Corbran in the dugout. Um, now, he resigned in pretty bizarre fashion at the end of the season um, and he didn't have another job lined up. Um, I'd say that that's maybe indicative of the fact that he feels that he's taken that squad as far as he can go and he wants to get out while his stock is high. Um, I don't think you can hold too much against him for that. Um, and certainly their chairman alluded to that as well on this on the statement. Um, he, he got the best out of players in, in that system. Um, and it's, it's undoubted that, that 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 is the case. His replacement, Danny Schofield, he's one of those people who could be anything, but he's never managed professionally at this level. And with the exodus of players they've had, I think that's a really tough task. Um, if you look at the players that have gone, um, Harry Toffolo and Lewis O'Brien have both left to join Nottingham Forest. Um, Toffolo had 14 goal contributions last season from left, left wing back. Um, O'Brien was their highest rated player again on whoscored.com. Again, six goal contributions. Sinani's gone back to Norwich. Um, he, he contributed 10 goals. If you combine those three players alone, that accounts for 45% of, of Huddersfield's goals. And they didn't score, and they didn't score loads as it was. So, that, yeah. for me, is a real, real concern. Um, their defensive record was good last season. Um, they only conceded 47. And that, for me, keeps them above any real trouble. Um, but even then, from that back line, they've lost Levi Colwell. They've lost Harry Toffolo. So there is some transition there as well. So I'm, I don't think that they'll be in the mix for relegation. But I, 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 I think it's a big old drop-off. Um, Transfers-wise... They've, they've done some interesting business, actually. Um, they've plumped for some young talents in the league below. Um, so they've, they've brought in Jack Rodoni from Wimbledon, um, Will Ball from Cheltenham, and David Kasumi as well. They're all really, really talented footballers and come with going references. But they've not got experience in the Championship and they are arriving at a little bit of a problem time when the dressing room's lost leaders, they've lost a lot of their influential players. And I, I just don't think that mix is a fantastic basis um to build a successful season so yeah Huddersfield in 19th yeah and um yeah I think that's a that's a very very fair assessment it's uh, gonna be a tough season and uh they obviously kick off the new campaign Friday night uh home to Burnley so it'll be an interesting one and uh as you say it'll be interesting to see how Schofield gets on the the dynamic of the the championship this season is really intriguing lots of subplots and Schofield's one of those new managers into the league, we mentioned Eustace already. Schofield's one. There's a few others we'll come on to in a, in a little while. Against those kind of wizened old heads um, that have been there and done it, and uh, and, and have, have kind of used to performing well in this league. So it'll be interesting to see which one of the the new breed or the old come out on top. So uh, yeah, definitely. But uh, there we go. Excellent. Uh, good good um, yeah, preview there of, of Huddersfield. And uh, in, in 18th, you've got Hull City. Yeah. So I've got four. The next four teams are all teams I'm previewing, so I'll rattle through them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, Hull are a team, a lot of people... Good luck with Hull. Good luck with previewing Hull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot a lot of people seem to have them a lot high, but I'm not buying into the hype, really. I don't know what to think of the manager. Still, like, he's unproven in England. Obviously mm-hmm. lost, arguably, their best player, Keane Lewis-Potter to Brentford. 
Jacob Greaves, who I think is their second best player at centre back, has been linked with moves away. Uh, yeah, just again, like can't see the goals without Lewis Potter. I think Seri's a really good signing centre mid, but then outweighed by Toothan, who I think is a bizarre signing. Looked unfit, just didn't look like a footballer last year at Watford at all. Obviously, mm. I know that's league above, but he just didn't. He looked didn't look in shape. He looked tired after 20 minutes I just I don't think he'll do anything next year and I think it's a lot of output wage wise for someone who will do so poor I think I've got a positive is that they've got loads of cash to spend but yeah I just still feel underwhelmed by the team obviously can't really comment on the signings that come from Turkey or elsewhere because I haven't seen them play so again it's just a lot to be proved proved yeah. about Hull and I think, I think it's going to be interesting. And what you said is, is probably spot on. I spoke to a very good judge of this league um, in the last couple of days and, and said, realistically, it could be from 1st to 24th with Hull. Yeah, <laughs> because they've got so many unknown quantities and it's going to be an exciting watch, I think, um, uh, to see how they actually perform. But they could literally do anything. And yeah, exactly. um, we'll see. So, uh, obviously, Lewis Potter has been replaced by Oscar Estupinan, and uh, I know he's been uh, well thought of and uh, say exciting to watch uh, coming through, see if he can score some goals. But as I said, I think the best way to describe it is that they are going to be an exciting possible roller coaster of a watch this season. So, uh, yeah, watch your space. We'll look forward to seeing what happens. But yeah, all good. So, uh, you have them there in 18th, and just above them, the last of the promoted teams. So, the one finishing highest is Sunderland. The Black Cats. Yeah, like uh, they've got Neil in charge, who I'm a big fan of. Did really well at pressing with a shoestring budget. Always had them just comfortable in mid-table. They've got obviously Stewart, who comes in off the back of 24-goal season. The Loch Ness Drogba. I think he will. <laughs> I think he will really kick on this year again. Obviously, they've got a massive fan base. So when when if uh, when they get the positive atmosphere back at Stadium likes obviously being toxic last few years. I think that will spur yeah. them on to win tight games. Uh, in terms of signings, they've got Ballard at centre back, who I think is one of the signings of the summer in the championship. Yeah. yeah, was amazing at Millwall and yeah, will really strengthen the defence. Uh, heard really good things about Alese, who they signed from West Ham. He hasn't impressed too much on his loan spells, but West Ham fans were bewildered they let him go. So I think. He again, he's a good young player. They've got um, players like 09 Winchester, who probably won't be starting week in, week out, but they're players who can play a number of positions. Which is, I think, when when you've got slightly smaller squad and you're coming up to help plug gaps in uh, at the start, you need players who are versatile. And I think them two tick them boxes. They've got Patterson, who uh, again is a young goalie I'm a fan of, and I think. Signing of Alex Bass screams backup goalie, so I think Patterson will be the number one, which I think is a good decision. And then yeah, they've got Dan Neil, who is a young player coming on leaps and bounds. Big fan of him. Diamond as well. Wonder what they're going to do with him because he's been he's killed it with Harrogate the last few seasons. So if he gets given a go, I think he will impress. But yeah, just a team, a good young a blend of youth and experience, versatile players, a manager I really like. Mm. An informed striker, so I think yeah they'll be very comfortable. 
they have all the ingredients, don't they? Absolutely. Alex Neal obviously knows his way out of the league, having done that previously as well. So um, going out of the league the right way, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah they've, they've got creativity, got a striker who can score goals, got a good manager. And I say that fan base could be crucial this season and fully engaged and behind them. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. So uh, that's Sunderland, uh, 16. For, ooh, this could be a little bit of a disappointment, a bit lower than possibly expected. Blackburn Rovers? Yeah, again, like before because obviously finished eighth last season were very strong at the start and just petered off a bit I think originally I would have had them pinned down as high obviously after last season but then summer so far hasn't filled me with confidence obviously they've lost Rothwell to Bournemouth who I thought was one of the best midfielders in the league Lenahan's gone to Borough probably their centre-back Van Hecke and Kadra from from Brighton haven't re-signed on loan and they were massive players last season especially Van Hecke um, yeah, I just think it's a way weaker squad than our season. They've got Tomasson as manager replacing Mowbray. I think Brereton Diaz was class last season, got loads of goals, but again, that was a season, a season out the blue. So whether he can sustain it like, is another matter. But I think Mowbray excelled at getting the best out of strikers who maybe weren't as good as their goal tally suggested, such as Adam Armstrong, who's struggling mm. now since he's left. They've only really signed Callum Britton from Barnsley, who again is the versatile player I like, but yeah, weaker squad. I, I like Buckley and Travis, but other than that, like team doesn't fill me with too much confidence, but obviously 16th, just yeah, consolidation, yeah. really 16th. Yeah. Yeah, no, great. Uh, I say it's tough in this uh, in the championship. Once you get into these middle sections, you realistically could be five up, five down. So uh, yeah, no worries at all. Good stuff. Okay, Cardiff, big re- um, revolution there this uh, summer. Fifteenth. Yeah, massive overhaul there. Got rid of Volks, Pack, plenty of players like that. Bakuna that were just eating up the wage bill and weren't really contributing. I think it went a bit stale at Cardiff last season. But Morrison came in, freshened it up a bit. Obviously, got rid of them. I'm not a massive fan of big overhauls all the time, but I feel this was necessary. Yeah. Like I said, trim the wage bill. But yeah, signings have been good so far. Rinomota, um from Reading. Abu Adams, a player I really like from Forest Green. Romain Soy is in midfield. They've also backed to the midfield with uh, Ruben Colwell, who I'm expecting big things from. They've even dipped into their non-league market, signing Oli Tanner from Lewis. He's a player I've seen a couple of times because... Lewis is local to Brighton and yep. yeah he just he looks like a real talent so could be one to watch next year uh, Collins at left back from Paderborn is very very solid uh, Cedric Kipre on loan from West Brom is a player and is at Motherwell I really enjoyed watching because he's just yeah massive centre I just love a massive centre about striding out of defence it's always fun <laughs> to watch but he's also very solid yeah they've got just yeah they've they've added depth in positions but the departure of Keith Moore in January, I just think they're lacking lacking a goal scorer. And I think with that, with all the overhaul, a new manager, lack of striker, I think they'll have to settle for 15th. But I think it's a position Cardiff fans will take. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I say it's been a it's a, been a, a massive overhaul this summer. So it, it's hard. It's hard to try and predict, isn't it? When you when virtually going to be the one to eleven is going to be completely different from how it ended last season. So see how they gel. Good stuff. Okay, the fourteenth, Preston North End. Yeah, that falls to me. Um, 
Preston are an interesting side. Um, they've had consecutive 13th place finishes. Um, we think there's going to be progress there, but it's probably going to be another year of consolidation. Um, the big plus points, Ryan Lowe. He's probably mm. one of the highest rated young coaches in the EFL. Um, big fan. Yeah, yeah, last season for them, he averaged 1.5 points per game um, across his 26 games, which if he'd been there for the whole season and done that, they'd have finished eighth. So there's definitely something in there that's, that, that's working. Um, they've got quite, quite a direct style, um, the sixth most long balls per game. Um, but the issues for them, again, are scoring goals. Um, they're 18th in the league for goals scored. Only 29 of those from open play. That's the third worst in the league. Um, so issues sort of going forward. Um, the squad has got some real quality. Ben Whiteman and Ryan Letton in really strong in midfield. Emil Rees had a fantastic season last year for the first time in the championship. Um, yeah. Hopefully he'll continue that goal scoring form. They've got Daniel Johnson, who's always great to watch. Um, they'll miss Cameron Archer, who's not returning on loan. Um, but the squad, there, the squad there is good. Um, Transfers-wise, they've focused on some youth. So half of their signings are 22 and under. Um, Robbie Brady um, brings experience, but I'm not really sure that Troy Parrott is the answer for goals. Um, yes, he's he come with, with, with a, 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 a big CV from Tottenham and, and they want him to do really, really well. But he didn't make double figures last season in a free-scoring MK Dom side in the league below. So I'm just I'm not sure that that's the signing that's going to see them make masses of progress. Um, so I think Lowe will get the best outside, but I think anything higher than this is a bit of a step too far for this squad. And um, also, also adding to that, sorry, I just think with between like 14th and 10th, I think it's very tight. Anyone can finish anywhere, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Preston sneak in the top half. And based on that, I've got a, a thousand to one request to bet I found yesterday. Oh. Are yeah. you going to mention that now, or are you going to come back to that at the end? It's up to you. Whatever I could mention now, because it's relevant. Uh, Go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't. Oh, actually, it does. It does give away one of the other picks. I'll, I'll Let's come back to it later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great tease, though. It's a great <laughs> tease. Right. Okay. So that's Preston. Yeah, one of those tough ones. Um, but again, Ryan Lowe, a manager that I really, really like. So looking forward to seeing him with a full campaign. Uh, with Preston this season at 13th well who else but Stoke City yeah perennial underachiever Stoke City um, I whenever I do these I'm 24s and my first one I list out I almost always put Stoke <laughs> higher and then just yeah. slowly move them down um, <laughs> since they were relegated in 2018 um, they finished 14th twice they finished 15th and 16th so for a side that came down with quite a big squad um they, they've not done very well. Um, statistically, they're very mid-table. They're 13th for goals scored, 11th for goal, goals conceded. There's not really any glaring areas for strength or weakness. And it, it's all just very, very average. Um, <laughs> Michael O'Neill is under a lot of pressure there. Um, he's been there for three years now. The style of play is less than inspiring. Um, if they're not making progress in the start of the season, I wouldn't be surprised to see he, him come under some real pressure and potentially lose his job. Um, and in that, in that case, it might be if the new face comes in and fits the Stoke squad, they could be actually pushing much higher up up table. Um, Positive, po- biggest positive for me of this Stoke side, um, followers of the Twitter will know this, that um, I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of Lewis, Lewis Baker. Um, 
he was a real plus point for them last season. He got 10 goal contributions in 20 starts. Um, he'll be a big threat again. He takes penalties and free kicks. So it's a real surprise um, and something for the weekend for everyone to have a look at that Stoke's own sponsors, Bet365, seem incapable of pricing him properly in the goalscorer <laughs> markets. Um, you can still get 7-1 to one on him to score any time um, at the weekend, which bearing in mind he has about three or four shots a game um, and takes all the set pieces and penalties, I think is a, is a massive price. So one, one to look for. Um, the big the big difference for Stoke this year for me is that they've had a shift in their policy so they've, they've, they seem to have been carrying sort of five or six players for, for a while now who are still on big wages and who are over 30 and were in the Premier League and have come down with them and they've struggled to shift them um, they've got rid of this, this summer they've got rid of um, Chester they've got rid of Joe Allen they've got rid of Stephen Fletcher all of those were over 32 uh, they've bought in four players that are under 21 so we could be seeing a new era at the Brett 365 which would be I'm sure very welcome from Potter's fans um, and one that well I'm sure they'll be hoping that Dwight Gale can spearhead um, if he can get going and click um, then he could he could bang some goals in and we could be looking at Stoke higher up Certainly right yeah you might just have to talk amongst yourselves that well I just race off to Bet365 and, mm-hmm. uh, and and get my money on that Lewis Baker that's insane that price that, in fact I think Lewis Baker sponsored your, your summer holiday hasn't he this year? <laughs> he's, 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 he's paid for a little bit of it thank, thank you very much yeah. if, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can oblige by getting a brace on Saturday that'd be wonderful that'd be it that'd be it perfect good stuff okay in, in 12th place the Sky Blues Coventry yeah they're a side that were in and around the playoff last year like Blackburn but petered off they're, they're a team that are on paper good like solid team they've got they've got Callum O'Hare he's one of the best attackers attacking mids in the league but he needs to add goals and assists but again he's linked with Burnley if he goes it'll be for big money and I trust Robbins and the recruitment team to bring in a replacement got Gustavo Hamer who's a player I like for yellow yeah. cards and shots and <laughs> aside from that he's, he's just a brilliant midfielder Got Victor Gyokurez, who again was he, he was scored a lot last season, but I think he's a very purple patchy player. He can go ten, ten or so games without scoring. So he needs to work on that consistency. They're a team that just progressing every year. Continuity under Robbins. Got solid players like Ben Sheaf all over all over the park. Doyle and Panzer have been good good centre backs they've signed on loan. So yeah, I think a solid mid tables in order for Coventry. Yeah, brilliant job by Mark Robbins since he's been there. Um, from certainly where it, where that started off and the circumstances involved as well, and uh, keeping at least a couple of those top three players that you mentioned, I think will be priority if they can do that. Then uh, yeah, um, another good season awaits for them. Eleventh um, place, Queens Park Rangers. Yeah, so they got uh, Beal in as manager, who was billed as a brain behind Joe's tactics. Like at Rangers and Villa, I've I've heard a lot of good things about how he how he's is with the coaching side. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles being a number one. Yeah, they've got um, Ilias Chair and Willock, two very exciting attacking mids and a very very good duo. They've also signed Taylor Richards from Brighton, and obviously I've seen him play loads for the under twenty threes. He tends to drift in and out of matches, but when he does get the ball, he's one that gets you on the edge of the seat and create something out of nothing so that build that that, that paired with Chair and Willock is quite an exciting trio but uh, yeah I'm a massive fan of Rob Dickey and Clark Salter at the back Kenneth Power is a very good wing back so it just looks solid but again like other teams I can't see where the goals are going to go uh, come from Lyndon Dykes I don't think it's a clinical striker they need 
they've been linked with uh, Archer or Keenan Davis, and I think if they get either of them, they could be an outside for the playoffs. But I think they're lacking one or two strikers. Yes, that that um that all important position in it. You've got a good striker. Then um, as we'll probably find out as we move further up the table, that's all, all linked in. You've got a good guy that can smash a few goals in each season. Then uh, you'll normally be featuring at the top end. So uh, yeah. An expensive commodity, and we move into the top ten, and and in tenth place, uh, Swansea City. Yeah, um, probably everyone, unless you are a Cardiff fan, probably everyone's uh, second fa- <laughs> second favourite side in the Championship. Swansea, just purely based on Russell Martin. Um, oh, he, yeah, you're preaching the converted on this podcast, aren't you? <laughs> me, me and Matthew. Um, so obviously, the the, the, big, the big attraction for Russell Martin is the style of play. Um, didn't quite work out as much as he would have hoped last year with a 15th place finish. Um, but even despite that, they had the most short passes in the league in the season. So they averaged 50 more than any other side. So they're clearly moving the ball. Um, it worked really well at MK Dons. He built a side there for promotion, played yeah. a 3 5 2 formation with the wing backs. They, they supplied really well last year um, that front two of Joel Pirro and Michael Obafemi. Those two, if they can stay at Swansea, which I'm a bit dubious on whether they will, um, mm. they, they combined for 34 goals and nine assists last season. So what Matthew was saying about not having goal scorers, well, Swansea do. Um, and so if, mm-hmm. if, they, if, if, they, if they can really, if they can feed those two players, they're going to get goals. Um, the, the concerns of, for me that I have with Swansea and the reason I don't have them any higher up, um, and I know Matthew was a fan of them being high, higher up, um, <laughs> is for me... Despite the fact they have a lot of possession, they really struggle to break sides down. Um, so if you look at their data on where the shots came from, 47% of their shots came from outside the box, and only 5% came, 5% from inside the six-yard box. Now, that's a league high for shots outside the box and 24th place for shots inside the box. So they've got to find ways to unlock some of the defensives and play through them if they're going to step up into um, playoff contention um, transfers wise they've brought in Harry Darling who Martin knows really well from MK Dons um, really, yeah. really really strong centre back um, Jarlan's come back um, I've spoken about him already from Stoke at his age I'm not sure he's a replacement for Flynn Downs um, who seemed to be quite key to their style last season he had their highest pass completion at the whole squad um, so yeah for me there's a lot to like about Swansea and they'll be great to watch um, I just don't see them reaching the heights of challenging the playoffs um, so yeah, happier than what they are. I also think one thing to add to that, I saw I can't remember the exact statistics which poor I know, but their centre backs very like struggle a lot aerially. Cabango, Norton, Darling, all very good ball players, all very good defenders, but they like struggle a lot in the air and from set pieces. I think teams will target that and again I think that's why they won't be as high as I would have liked them to be. Swansea's average last season was 10 aerial challenges per game. That's the lowest in, in the championship. And Darling isn't the most imposing of centre-backs either, so it's not like they've improved aerially. No, we'll see. But you, you fancy him being a little bit further up, and um, Ollie's got them in there in 10th. So, uh, yeah, there we go. That's um, interesting. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing Swansea in, in second season under Russell Martin. Um, kind of start to take shape at MK Dons, and uh, we'll see if he does the same at Swansea. Um, in ninth place, Millwall. Yeah, we've got Millwall ninth again. I'm, I know that fans are kind of expecting the team to kick on there. Um, they're desperate to make the playoffs and, and really kick on. They finished eighth, eleventh, and ninth in their last three seasons. So that. 
they're clearly a side that are right on the cusp of those playoffs. Um, and Gary Rout has done a really good job there of making them that side. Um, yeah. Their success last season was built on a really good defence. Um, only the three promoted teams conceded less goals than them. Um, and if you look at their top three players in terms of ratings, um, they're all defenders. Jake Cooper, Murray Wallace, Sean Hutchinson. So, so that, that, that's clearly where a lot of their strengths lie. Um, like a lot of sides I've spoken about, issues scoring goals. Um, they were 16th in the league for goals scored. And only 26 of those came from open play, which is the second worst record in the league. Which for me, if you're looking to, to pop up into the playoffs, you've got to be a bigger threat from open play. Um, so that's part, partly my, my sort of biggest reason for not being there. Um, they do have a really strong record from set pieces. Um, second best record in the league from those. But I've lost Jeb Wallace, who mm-hmm. I don't need to say too much about how important he was to Millward the last few years. He, yeah. you know, he, he had 12 assists last year, mainly from a lot of them from set pieces. So how much of that set piece threat is still there remains to be seen. Um, Scott Malone was their only other player to reach five assists. So once you take Wallace out of that side, there's still real concerns creatively. However, in the transfer market, they have done some good business. Um, so firstly, they brought in George Honeyman from Hull. Um, he's, he's a really nice, really nice player. Um, creative, good data on him as well. Um, but the exciting one, and I've heard a few people talk about him, and like, like most people, I, I, love can't, him. I, can't cl- I can't claim to have seen a whole lot of him, um, but I'm going to call it, I'm, I'm going to pronounce it Zian Fleming, um, has signed from Fortuna Sittard. Uh, now he's been in the area to busy, um, so the top division in, in, over in Holland, and he's had three seasons in a row where he's got double figures for goals. Now, if you're looking at a side that aren't a threat from open play, to bring him in, he could very well be that Jed Wallace replacement. I'm a little bit surprised that he's pitched up in a top half championship side and hasn't been picked up by a team in a higher position. But yeah, he could be really exciting. Um, yeah, to sum up, uh, Rao has done a really good job at Millwall, but I'm, I'm just I'm not convinced the squad's better than it has been in previous seasons um, with Wallace coming out. Yeah, no, great. Echo both those things really. To be to be honest with you, I think um, as you say, the uh, the what Rowett's done there has been a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And it'll be very interesting to see what Fleming does coming in. And uh, that will possibly depend on on the difference between a sort of mid-table-ish finish and, and, and challenging those playoff places. So exciting times. We'll see what happens down at the Den. In eighth, this is a big improvement on last season, Bristol City. Yeah, every year this sort of a team I get excited about and just look at them and just... Build them with my dark horses in the EFL and Bristol City are that this season. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the team they're building. Their summer signings, I think they got them. They got the two main ones done early, and Kane Wilson, who was wanted by a lot of Championship teams, including Watford. So it's a surprise he's there, but he got lead two pair season from right wing back, which is very rare. And also yeah. signed Cal Naismith, who was arguably one of the best, one of the best centre backs in the league yeah. last year. Um, in terms of the rest of the team, they've got Dan Bentley, who's a really solid goalkeeper. He's won Bristol City player of the season in the past. Jade Silva yeah. on the left is solid. Mm-hmm. Rob Atkinson is, they signed from Oxford a couple of seasons ago. Him, Tim Closer and Cal Naismith will be a very solid back three with Wilson and De Silva either side. They've got Masengo, who Pearson came out and said he's a squad player, so a bit of a surprise. I really rate him. But they've got the Guernsey Grealish and Alex Scott who could play centre-mid, attacker-mid, wing-back, big talent I'm excited for. They brought in Sykes from Oxford, who, of what I've seen, he doesn't have too many, doesn't grab the ball and have an effect on the game, but seems to pick up good assists, he's a good bench option to have. And then 
Of course, they got uh, Andreas Weiman, who got a hat full of goals last season, and Semenyo got a hat mm. full of assists. So, yeah, I'm backing Weiman, 40 to 1 top goal scorer each way, I think, for big price. And they're 1.72, which is a bit short, but it's probably my favourite uh, pre season bet. 1.72 season match bet versus Reading. Yeah. That seems at this moment in time like buying money, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Vyman, 22 goals, I think it was last season, was, was yeah. a great return. And, and keeping Semenyo, I think it was 12 or 13 assists from him last season, but eight of those were directly to Vyman. So a, a great link up there. So keeping those three at the top end of the pitch together and adding extra creativity around it um, all bodes well. For Bristol City, so indeed uh, up there in eighth, just missing out on the playoffs. The Hatters, Luton Town. Yeah, pain, pains me to say this as a Steve Mish fan, um, but <laughs> Nathan Jones, uh, manager of the year in the championship last year, is undoubtedly doing the best job in the championship. Um, he, he's getting players to play to the absolute limit of their abilities. They're punching well above their way. Again, that's not disrespecting the Luton squad, but on paper, their squad is not in the top 10 of the championship. But something there with Mason Jones at the helm just clicks for them. Um, if you look at stats for last season, um, they're very good of the road, not huge standout strengths or weaknesses. Um, they played the most long balls in the league last season. So again, it's a, a, a stat that's working for them. Um, and interestingly, um, they had 44% of their attacks down the right-hand side. Um, so James Bree is clearly really important from right wing back for them um, that's 3% more than any other side so very right right side heavy with their attacks um, really really like Adebayo up top um, 16 goals last season I expect him to be a real threat again um, they've added to that front line quite significantly they've uh, raided Barnsley who are relegated and they've brought in Corley Woodrow and Carlton Morris both of them, despite Woodrow didn't have a fantastic season last year, but both of them have scored goals consistently in the championship. Um, so that as a that, that as a as a strike force for me um, is a is is a real strong point for Jones to work with. Um, probably the biggest drawback. Um, not to mention they lost Cal Naismith, um, let him go to Bristol City. He was again their highest play, play, rated player last season. Um, probably considered one of the best defenders in the league. Um, but as I say. I, don't, I, I sort of don't want to put too much emphasis on the loss of one player when Jones does the job he does. It, they, they have a squad that feels like they could put anyone in there and it will just work. Um, so, yeah, he, doing great things. I, I think be more of the same from them. I just think that the top six, much like Matt said about League One, I think there's little mini leagues in the championship. And I just think the top six are a bit too good. Um, and so I don't think Luton will get the playoffs this year. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I say it would be an, another stunning piece of work from uh, Nathan Jones if he can break into that top six. Because when you look at the clubs that are left, um, there's at this level, there's some big names and, and also some big money there. So, let's, no further ado, let's get into that top six. Um, in the last place in the playoffs, Sheffield United. We have, we've got, yeah, the Blades. Um, they're obviously looking to build on that player finish from last season. And I think most of their fans will be expecting a push for the automatics. Um, like we say, this top six, I think before we even talk about any of the sides in there, we've deliberated this top six so many times and changed it so many times. It feels like this is club's rule. We could have put any of them sixth, any of them first. And that's, you know, that's not a cop-out. That's, they've all got major strengths, but also some areas that are real kind of key weaknesses that we'd like to see them build on. Um, so Sheffield United, um, 
they're really they're really solid statistically. They were the fourth highest scorers in the league, and they had the fourth best defensive record in the league. So both of those categories, only the promoted sides had better records. So they've got real, real solid foundations to build upon for another push this season. Um, the squad's got good quality in it. Um, so if you look at the back players like Jaden Vogel, um, Egan, Bulldog. If you look into midfield, Sander Berger, um, Ollie Norwood. Um, but for me, the area that I pinpoint as the area that will stop Sheffield United from getting autos is that reliance on a front line, which I don't think is quite as good as other sides. Um, they've got in there Ndai, then they've got Billy Sharp, Rian Brewster and Ollie McBurney. Now, beyond Ndai, I'm not sure that is deep enough to really, really get the goals they need to be in the top two. Um Sharp, again, I know Blaze fans love him. Another year older. Um, fitness question marks there. Bruce Throne at Bernie. They've just they're there. The money spent there. There is, but I just I, I don't I don't see that if they were available tomorrow, that any of the other sides we've got in the top six are going to be clamoring to sign them. Um so for me they're they're, they're just not top two championship strikers. Um obviously in the dugout is Heckin Bottom. Um, 30 games last season, he averaged 1.77 points per game, which in a 46-game season would get him 81 points, and that would be enough to get into the top four for the last four years. So again, they've got a man in the dugout who's, who's clearly gone in there and has done a job and worked well. He knows the club very well. Um, my other sort of big concern, and it sort of fits in with that striker loss, is the fact that obviously Morgan Gibbs-White has come out of that side. Um, last season, he had 12 goals, 10 assists, he was the star of the team. Um, so, for me, they are a striker away from that top two challenge. If they can replace Gibbs-White, I think they're right up there. Um, Business-wise, uh, Kieran Clark's coming at the back, which adds uh, some experience. Um, I've heard good things. Another player I'm going to try and attempt to pronounce, but um, Anel Ahmed Hodzic, um, mm. who's coming from Bordeaux, um, who sounds like he's a bit of a natural successor to, successor to Chris Basham bringing the yeah. ball out from the back. Um, and then Tommy Doyle um, is also an exciting young talent from City as well. Um, so they've done some good business. All the foundations are there. I just think that lack of a top, top striker will be the difference between sixth and second. They're, they're, um, they're 2.20 to finish in the top six, which if you're going off what we've said about the top six being in league of their own, I think is a nice price to have. Yes, that's certainly a fair shout. I think most people have United, Sheffield United challenging up there and uh, at least in the playoffs. So, yeah, better than even money. That seems like a, a good shout. Uh, just above them, you've placed Watford, one of the first of the relegated sides from the Premier League, the first of the parachute clubs, as we'll call them. Um, fifth place. This, yeah, this was a really, really hard one to call because big fan of Rob Edwards, obviously. They've got Sarah and Dennis who would be the best two players in the league if they stayed, but this is this prediction's going off the prediction that at least one, maybe two leave. If they both stay, I think they will get top two. Mm. But other than that, they've got João Pedro and Asprilla in attacking midfielders, both players I'm massive fans of. Imran Loser at centre mid impressed me in France and the he came off the bench I think it, off the bench against Brighton, played 45 minutes and looked the best Watford player in the park, which wasn't hard that day because they were horrendous, but he looked he looked a class above. But again, I'm not a fan of the rest of the midfield. The defence, is I, I don't like it, but it's, they normally have a very solid defence in the Championship. Samir is the one I'm the biggest fan of, but it seems he's off. Uh, Kiko Firmino is leaving at right wing-back. 
he's an Edward system. He'd be perfect because he's good going forward defensively and got energy to burn. And they sign in Gaspar, who I think normally would be a good replacement because he's got international experience, years of years of experience, 32 years old. But as a wing back, he doesn't fit the system. He's aging and can't get up and down the pitch. So I don't think Edward. That's an Edward signing. So I think the board are going over Edward's head again, and I think it will cause Uh-oh. a few issues. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Well, I could I could be wrong, but Gaspar doesn't strike me as a, yeah. a Kane Wilson sort that will get up and down the pitch. I I just think with the uncertainty over Sar and Dennis, plus the signings made so far, I'm a bit like I'm a bit bit unsure. Yeah, I, uh, I'd also like to jump in on that. Actually, if Ishmael mm-hmm. Assad does stay, I do think knowing knowing that I like a, a big prize as I do, um, <laughs> I think. Ishmael Assar, if he stays there and he's on penalty duty for Watford as well, at 6-6-1 six, six to one with 3-6-5 to go be top scorer in that league, I think is a huge price. Um, you got one, one in three in the Championship last time he was there. He got pretty much one in four in the Premier League last year. If he stays in that side, he's going to score goals. He's going to be right up there. So, yeah, for me, that's a big price. Absolutely. If he stays 100%, I think it's worth getting on that at that, that price. You are right. Um, not much to lose there by taking a, a little bit of a gamble on that one. And um, yeah, who'd have thought a, a, a striker in the Rob Edwards side, a massive price coming in. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's the last time I mentioned that. Sorry, lads. Right. OK. Um, in fourth place, uh, another uh, the second parachute club. Which one's it going to be? Burnley. Yeah, so fourth is Burnley. I think they've had a big overhaul as well because they've had a real gut in their team. Pope, me, Tarkovsky have all gone. Obviously, Nathan Collins was billed to be the next replacement, but he's gone for 20 mil and he's a player like... They've also recently sold McNeil to Everton who only got one goal contribution last year, so I think they've done well to get 20 million for him. Their course has gone on loan too and I think it's inevitable that Cornet will go. But very unlike Burnley signings, I think, and the company there seem to be like, yeah, moving in the right direction with the signings. Murich is a goalie. He struggled on loan at Forest when he was at City, but he seems to impress recently. McNally is a player who I love at centre-back. He's a very good ball player. They've also brought in Harwood Bellis on loan and Egan Riley from City. So provide a bit of youth and quite an old centre-backs they've got Ian Matson. they brought in at left-back on from Chelsea who was very good at Coventry last season so him and Taylor will provide competition Conor Roberts is a right-back who's very good at this level and impressed me in, in the Prem and at, in the Championship with Swansea they've signed they're signing Vitinha I think I think he's called Vitinho at right-back the Brazilian obviously never really seen him play but it seems yeah. to come with good reports Josh Cullen is an amazing acquisition for this level at centre mid, coming from Andalach, Irish international. Mm-hmm. Him uh, and Brownhill will be a nice pair. Signed Bastian, who again looks good. Um, but I think obviously the signing of the window for them is Scott Twine from MK Dons. Got 33 goal contributions last season, got it all really, could score from anywhere, can assist from anywhere. And my only concern is that he's not a company like. He's not the sort of player company used at Anderlecht and I don't know where he'll fit in so I don't know if company can get the best out of him. And yeah, I think it's a squad good enough to to get the playoffs but 
I, don't, I can't see. I don't think they've got good enough quality in attack. And again, company's unproven, so remains to be seen where Burnley finish. But I've got them down for fourth, and I know Ollie's got a couple of selections he likes for to do with Burnley. I have indeed. Um, so yeah, we've got Burnley to be um, the top team in the northwest. Um, with Bet365 um, at a price. Let me just quickly find my notes very quickly. Um, that was at uh, 2.1. Um, and we've then got a price, which, again, I can't quite believe and might be some a case of just buying money. Um, them, <laughs> them, to fi- them to finish in the top six is 2.25 with Bet365, which, as we've said already, you know, with the quality of side that's come down, um, really, when you think of the three sides that came down, Yes, they've they've had a big turnover of squad, but they did finish in you know quite significantly higher in terms of points and goal difference than both Norwich and Watford. So for me, if if if, if company doesn't get that side into the top six, it's been a serious issue. So um, yeah, but two point two five to be in the top six and two point one to be the top Northwest club. Yeah, I, I, and I love that one two point one. Um, personally, of of um, on that, and uh, that means finishing above Preston. Blackburn, Blackpool and Wigan. And obviously going through uh, these selections, as you have done, uh, you you have them there. Uh, the next highest to that is Preston down in 14th. So that gives an idea of what the, where the bar is set there. But I, I totally agree. I think it's going to be very exciting to see um, Vincent Company and what he brings to the table for Burnley, that change of style uh, from obviously the, the Sean Dyche year. I know uh, Mike Jackson was in uh, towards the tail end of last season, but uh, obviously that set in stone Sean Dyche um, setup that was there. And obviously now uh, the new guards come in and, and the signing of Scott Twine, as you mentioned, I think did make uh, the championship set up and take notice because the talk of the town was the fact that Burnley were going to come down and have no money to spend. And then they went and picked up the hottest talent in League One last season, the player of the year. So it'd be interesting to see him performing in the higher level as well as well as those youngsters from Manchester City so exciting times at Turf Moor and uh, you have them fourth so uh, they could well end the season with a day out at Wembley so who who have you got just missing out on the automatic places and uh, in third place the top of the playoffs we've actually we've got West Brom now I want to caveat this pick, this pick a little bit by saying that <laughs> I am I actually think you could probably pick maybe 20 other managers in the championship to lot to lead this squad and I'd have them in the top two. Um, I don't just know, the 20. <laughs> I don't, I don't know just how much of a damning, damning indictment that is of Steve Bruce. Um, but um, yeah, without in there, the, this squad's too good for the championship. Um, it, it is mm. absolutely stacked with players that are top championship, if not, lower half Premier League players. Um, he obviously took over last season. Um, he only won six of 17 games last season when he was there. So it's not been a great start. Um, <laughs> and at the end of the season, they finished closer to 16th in terms of points than the playoffs. So you'd, on the face of it, to predict them going up to the third is a big jump. Um, I think the, one of the key points to consider here is if Steve Bruce starts badly, which he may very well do, I don't I don't think it will take long for fans to get restless, expect big things, and I think he'll be gone. Um, he he is available at 20 to 1 to be the first manager to leave, which I think is a big price um, for a position where there's a lot of pressure on. Um, if he starts well, I think the squad quality alone 
carries them to the top three in the league, regardless of his deficiencies tactically or the way he'll set the team up. I just think it's that good. Um, their big problems last season were scoring goals. Um, they were 15th in the league for open play goals, which obviously is not a side that's going to get promoted. Um, but they've had a real effort addressing that. Um, there, were, there were two players in the championship who were going to be massive signings and free agents in the summer um, and they've gone and picked up both of them. So they've gone and picked up uh, John Swift and Jed Wallace uh, in midfield. Both of those players, we've, I, I've mentioned them already, being huge misses for Reading and for Millwall. They combined last season for 42 goal contributions and they were joint first and joint third in terms of chances created. So for me, when you've got that supply line feeding a strike force that's got Daryl DK fit for the first time in ages and Carl and Grant, I just can't see how they're going to avoid hugely improving on that goals total from last year. Um, the defence is still very similar. Um, so, you know, they, 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 yes, they've lost Sam Johnson in goal. Uh, I'm not hugely convinced by David Button in goal. Um, mm. But even with Steve Bruce in charge, I think it would take a monumental feat to keep this squad out of the top six. Absolutely woefully, woefully underachieved last season, didn't they? Under both you know, Ishmael and, and Steve Bruce was a horrific performance beyond belief, to be honest. Having seen them play quite a lot last season, or bitterly on telly, but they were um, they were horrendous. They can't be that bad again, as you say. Um, something something will have to give, and and that the side is too good to uh, not um, not certainly be in the in the playoffs. Um, and the same, very much looking forward to. Well, I say I'm very much looking forward to him. Obviously, as a as a potential uh, rival, I'm not looking forward to Daryl DK. But uh, in other respects, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him perform this season. And I think he's going to have a big season. So excellent, yeah. Um, Right, well, that's that's there then. We're now into the the, the big money. With that, uh, I think I know who's left. Um, who is in the top two? Who is going back or up to the Premier League in second place? <laughs> Norwich City, Norwich City, yo yo. Yeah, it's. I mean, you, you know as well as anyone. I guess that. Norwich are that perennial yo-yo club um, that always seem to be just too good for the championship, but then somehow they go up, having stormed the championship, and they're not even close to Premier League survival. Quite how that works out, it baffles me. Um, the, qu- the, qu- <laughs> the, the big thing for them, for me, is their squad, the, the squad quality is really strong. Um, so if you look at players like Aarons, Gibson, Hanley, Todd Cantwell coming back to fitness... Rashika, Kieran Dow, Timmy Puki, who's obviously scored a ton of goals in this league before, Sinani coming back in. Most of those players walk into most first 11s in this league. So it's a massive, as, as a roster, it, you know, it's very difficult to see them being anything other than challenging when they've got that at their disposal. Um, transfers wise, they've brought in Gabriel Sara from Sao Paulo. He's had a big fee um, and again has come highly rated. Uh, they've also added Isaac Hayden, which I think is quite a shrewd acquisition um, in from Newcastle. He'll bring some nice steel to that midfield. Inevitably, they've moved on some players, as always happens to, to squads that go down. So, Lise Mellu's moved on, Zimmerman, um, Tozolis, and Kabak have all, have all moved on. Um, but I think there's enough in that squad there to see them there. Um, my concern that would stop me making them champions elect would be Dean Smith, I'm not hugely convinced by as a manager. Um, he managed 30 games last season, 
which when I looked at that, actually, I was surprised at just how many games he'd had there. And there was very little in terms of improvement. Um, yes, in a tougher league, but fans at Norwich seem to be quite worried about a lack of tactical direction um, and that the team hasn't got a huge identity to it. Um, he, Smith's got pedigree at this level, don't get me wrong. You know, he averaged 1.44 points per game with Brentford. He got him promoted. But I do have question marks about whether, with the squad in its current guise, whether he is going to be able to stand his authority and what they're going to look like. Um, so for me, that, that, that's, that's sort of my, my issue. Um, the biggest issue, in, in, if, if you can take last season, and like I said, there's so many differences between Norwich in the Premier League and Norwich in the Championship. But last season, they only scored 14 goals from open play. That's 11 less than any other side. Now, that's, that's, that's got to be a worry. Now, again, don't get me wrong, stick to your pookie in the, in the championship and suddenly you've got R9. So the, mm-hmm. it maybe that problem solves itself, but I just think that, that there are issues there with scoring goals. But if you look at the parallels to the 2021 season, they came down then, they were bottom Premier League and scored 26 goals. They then stormed the league the following season. So clearly there's something at Norwich that works where they come down and they turn it on. The question mark I would have, though, there is that obviously on those two other returns straight back to the Premier League, there has been a certain Mr. Buendia there <laughs> feeding, <laughs> feeding uh, Team Apuki. And with him gone, um, it'll be interesting to see where the creativity comes from in that midfield. I agree. I'll sign for second place now. That's all I'll say. Um, massive, important start to the season. Uh, away at Cardiff, home to Wigan uh, is the first two games, but the uh, the start will be absolutely crucial and we will see what happens. But yeah, absolutely, we'll take second place. So, but thanks thanks for that. I'm very happy. <laughs> uh, but the winners, the winners of the championship, according to Matthew O'Regan and to Ollie Nixon, of Middlesbrough. Who's going to take Middlesbrough? <laughs> Matthew, Matthew's got him. Has he disconnected? Uh, he might have disconnected. Yeah, so, yeah. Ollie, do you, have you got it? Have you, have you got it covered? Yeah, he's, he's just disappeared. He's in Canada. He's gone. Um, so, um, over to you, mate, just to finish it off. Okay, so, I mean, obviously, the biggest thing for Middlesbrough that is the huge selling point is... Chris Wilder. Um, Best manager in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's a view that most people subscribe to. Um, I think that they are... I just, I just think he, he's got experience of doing really well at this level. I think man, sorry, fans at Sheffield United um, were gutted to see him go. And so I think that he is the biggest selling point. Um, however, having just said that, I think Matthew might have rejoined us, so he might be able to take over from me. Are you, are you able to hear there is, yes, we can hear you. Oh, perfect, yeah. Um, Mike, I'm a little surprised I had technical difficulties. It's not like me at all. But, yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> the biggest surprise is you managed to actually come back, but that's fine. Go... So, yeah, Middlesbrough, talk to us why they're number one in, in about two minutes. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I just think Wilder is the best manager in the league, in my opinion. His, uh, his three at the back formation became famous at Sheffield United for his own... Um, on the left and centre back, yeah, and he's got good options there. He's got Lenahan, McNair, Fry, Dick Still at centre back, linked with Jacob Greaves. Uh, they've upgraded on their biggest weak point in our season. Who, no disrespect to him, but Joe Lumley isn't even isn't a championship goalie. I don't even think he's a football league goalie. But they brought Zach Stefan in from City. They've brought even though Tavernier's departing, 
Kevin Owen Crooks. Crooks is a um, big fan of goal-scoring dominant midfielder. They got and yellow cards. Yeah, exactly. Yellow cards and goals is a banker every week. They got um, they're getting fifteen million ish, I think, for having here, and got fifteen ish million, I think, from Spence, who I think yeah, he's a worse player than Jones, who they currently have a right wing back. Ooh, so hot take. So I, a, I, know, I think Jones is. I'm a big fan of. They've got a lot of money to spend now because of that, and players have been linked with a promising match. They Greaves. They've. They've, they've recently signed Marcus Balls up front and I think mm. they get a big striker they'll definitely win the league they've got yeah, Jones at right wing back as I said uh, they've added the assist of Giles I think last season Byron have been a bit too one dimensional They a lot of teams would double up on Jones because Bowler's a good left wing back but doesn't have the attacking threat Jones does so teams would nullify Borough by putting two on Jones but I think now they've got Giles who can assist for fun they've got mm. options from both sides but I think Add add the add the um add the striker to play alongside Marcus Falls and I think the league is definitely theirs and the odds of two point one to finish in the top six I think is too good to turn down. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, it looks it looks a formidable setup that um, Middlesbrough have put together there. So all good. Would not be surprised to see them as you have put them at top of the pile. So there we have it. That's the 1 to 24 done, the 24 to 1. And uh, we have Middlesbrough and Norwich getting automatic promotion. Um, so congratulations to them on, on the basis of this. And um, yeah, unlucky to Reading, unlucky to Rotherham, and unlucky to Birmingham who have slipped out the other way. Who's going to win the playoffs, by the way, out of, out of those ones that you put in there? Who would you expect to see? It's a really hard call. Oh, but... that, that, that... Yeah. Go on, Matthew. Go on. You take yours, and I'll go second. West Brom. Yeah, I, I, I go West Brom, but I've got a little soft spot for Burnley as well. If, again, that is half the playoff. This feels This is if Bruce is still there. This is the anti anti Bruce podcast. Apparently, wow. if Bruce is still there, the, if Bruce is still there in the, the season, then Burnley for me. Yeah, great, great stuff. Cool. Okay, before we go, it's been a very long podcast. But obviously, we went, want to go through in depth this uh, amazing league that the championship is. Um, any of big bets that you've seen? Any of the kind of massive outsiders? I think Matthew's got one burning a hole up his sleeve. Um, but uh, have you got anything there? Just some some big chunky odds that the uh, listeners can get on. Oh, well, I'll, so, so I'll, I'll let Matthew go last with his uh, big, big boy thousand to one. Um, oh. so, so I will jump. Well, there's, two, there's two for me that stand out. Um, if you go through Sky on their equi- the championship requester bets, um, they both fit in with our predictions that we've just given here. So you can have uh, 40 to one on the bottom three to be Birmingham, Reading and Rotherham in any order. Um, I'm, yet, I'm yet to hear any preview that doesn't mm. place those three teams there. So 40 to one for me seems a bit of value. Um, yeah. And then I've also then got at 66 to one, um, the following Norwich to finish in the top two, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough and Watford in the top six, Luton and Millwall top half and Reading relegated, which again, all fits oh, in with nice. what we've said here. So six, six to one with Sky. That two brilliant bets. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we like those at skinny at 66 to one and uh, 40 to one compared to this, Monster, over to you, Matthew O'Regan. 
So I'll have to make you wait a couple of minutes for the thousand to one. So I've got five. Oh, oh, I'll, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, such a diva, isn't he? Such a diva, this boy. I tell you, <laughs> I remember when it, when it used to be you know, quite quite level-headed. Go on. I mean, it's, it's got to my head. The theme mm. has got to my head. So I'll start off with the shortest one, four to five. Oh. Which is a, a cross-league cross, cross league request of it. It's Norwich, Sheffield United, Watford, Ipswich on Wednesday to finish in the top half. Oh, I'm, trying to to think, I'm trying to think you can let you down out of that one. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah, four to five. Yeah, solid. Very solid. And then adding to Ollie's, uh, the Bruce first of the part pick, Matt Kirby, who is a Stoke fan, isn't a big fan of O'Neill at all. And he's let me know of the price 18 to 1 O'Neill first manager to go on at Unibet. So good split your stake on Bruce and O'Neill. And I don't think you'll go too far wrong. Yeah, there's some there's some good good options to be had there. I think at the moment Unibet are the only ones that are offering those odds. I might be wrong, but uh, last time I checked they were. But I'm sure other other firms will start to price up. But uh, good, yeah, I like it. Um, I've got a very skinny three hundred to one. Ooh, to yeah. the it's we'll again based it. based on my two other articles. It's a combination of them. It's one you'll be a big fan of. Sheffield uh, Wednesday Norwich to be promoted. Oh. Luton and Plymouth to finish in the top half, right. MK Dons to finish in the top six, and Mansfield, Northampton, and Swindon top seven. So it's all things I predicted to happen. So I think that is a cracking bet at three hundred to one. Yeah, they're, they're all ones that you can see happening. Excellent. And I like it's it. Slightly bigger, seven hundred fifty to one. <laughs> okay. Norwich and Wednesday promoted, and yeah. as Ollie said, he fancies Burnley through the playoffs, so then three promoted. Mm-hmm. All right. MK Dons and Peterborough to finish in the top six and Reading and Birmingham relegated for 750 to one. We'll yeah, there, there's some very strong themes and I think, say, across from, from people that we've spoken to, very strong themes of people what people expecting to go up, expecting to go down. There seems to be that divide, as you mentioned earlier, and there does seem to be some cracking prices available to put those together. So, good, I love that one, yeah. And, and then this one. is the one, isn't it? This is the drum roll one, go for it. Right, it's, it's it's very long, but how bad it's one it's going to be. So to get relegated <laughs> is Bournemouth, Birmingham, and Everton. Okay, uh, and then wow. Barra and MK Don's top six. Yeah, Mansfield top seven, and then even though we predicted them fourteenth, I mentioned it earlier. I can see them sneaking in the top half. It's pressing top half. So just to recap, Bournemouth, Everton, Birmingham relegated. Are entered on top six, Mantle top seven, and Preston top half. I think a thousand to one is worth 50p. It's worth 50p if you can get that much on. It's certainly worth 50p. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Like I said, they're ones that you're not going to disagree strongly with there, to be honest, are you? I think uh, obviously Everton's giving you a bit of a kicker in that one, but uh, who, who can argue given what they performed last season and the fact that they're still there? Top scorer and assist maker. So uh, absolutely, yeah, worth 50 pence, as you say, on that 1,000 to 1 uh, with Sky Bet. Excellent. All right, anything else to add, lads? No, no just thank you very much for hosting. It's been a, a pleasure discussing with you both. No, no problem at all. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely brilliant research, great delivery 
it has been a long podcast, but I say when you when you're passionate and go into so much detail about about this league and the, the teams involved in it, then it's going to be. So I hope you've all taken value from it, you listening. In. Don't forget to follow the lads on Twitter. You had their Twitter handles earlier, and of course uh, um, Team CBK as well. Apologies to Steve Bruce and to Joe Lumley. I hope they can sleep well tonight. <laughs> we don't mean anything too much by it. But again, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll look forward to speaking to you again throughout the season. Hopefully, give us some feedback be it positive or negative and let us know where you think the money should go as far as promoted relegated and potentially playoffs or even that next manager to be sacked but thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you all again soon thank you bye-bye